0: Welcome to the Sword and Trial podcast. This is a ministry of Founders Ministries. Founders exists for the recovery of the gospel and the reformation of local churches. And I'm Tom Askell.
1: And I'm Graham Gundin. Hey, Tom, I got a question for you. Okay, yeah. What is a woman?
0: Graham, do I look like a biologist? Come on here. Our Supreme Court justice nominee.
1: Give me a break. (laughs) Maybe you're not a biologist, but I do know a place you can go to figure out what a woman is.
0: That's right. Uh, The Bible, and because we believe the Bible, we're actually having a conference on what is man. And by that, we are not uh, trying to be (laughs) binary here. We're being all-inclusive. We mean mankind, creatures made in the image of God that distinguish us from all other creatures in the world. And so uh, in a day of such mass confusion about what consequences, constitutes reality to the degree that you can't even have a Supreme Court justice nominee uh, venture out to give a definition Mm. of a woman, we're going to be addressing the biblical category of human. What is man? A
1: featherless biped, right? Yeah, that's right. There you
0: go. We could use that. Uh, so we got some great guys lined up to come speak. Uh, Vody Balkum, who's with us today. Joe Beakey, Paul Washer, will be addressing this issue. The conference is in January 2023 here in southwest Florida. Great time of year to be in southwest Florida when everybody else is freezing uh, in the northern hemisphere. So we invite you to come. Go to founders.org. You can register for this. There are still discounted rates available. So we'd love to see you here as we address the question what does the Bible say about humanity?
1: Yeah, that's right. We still have early bird registration going on and space is filling up quick. So if you plan to get here for the conference... Uh, make sure you sign up soon. Also, the Institute of Public Theology, right now we're waiving application fees for That's IOPT. You're a teacher at IOPT as well as the president. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dr. Bacham as well teaches. they one of the founding faculties. Uh, this summer we are offering a couple of courses, one on New Testament that will be taught by Travis Allen, June 20th through 24th. Mm-hmm. And then also Dr. Tom Nettles will be teaching Church History Part 1 the following week, June 27th through July 1st.
0: That's right. Those will be excellent courses. Um, the... Tom's course will go up to the Reformation era, part two of church history. will take it over from the Reformation era to the present. So yeah, go check out the Institute of Public Theology. You can go to instituteofpublictheology.org and get more information on that effort.
1: Also, we have a new podcast. I'm sure some of yeah. you are aware of that. We have the Founders Sermon podcast stream. And so that's just basically sermons from our different conferences that are being uploaded all the time. And so you can find sermons there from... Tom Askell, Vodi Balkum, Conrad and Bayway, Tom Nettles, and, and many, many more. So you can get that wherever you download your podcasts.
0: Yeah. Well, today we're delighted to have all the way from Lusaka, Vodi Balkum. Vodi is the dean of theology at the African Christian University. He is involved in planting yet another church as uh, he has been sent out from his home church in Kabwata, at Kabwata Baptist Church in Lusaka to uh, be a mentor of a church planter as they are seeking to get another congregation. Going. Of course, he did that in the United States as well, planted Grace Family Baptist Church in Houston or the Houston area, and has been involved in a variety of ministries. One of the founding faculty of the Institute of Public Theology is also a board member of Founders Ministries. But that's not the thing that most people are talking about when Vodi's name comes into conversation these days. Mm. So, Vodi, welcome all the way from Lusaka.
2: Thank you, brother. It's good to be with you again.
0: Yeah, man. We're always glad to have you uh, on this podcast. And um, why is everybody talking about you? What have you done now?
2: <laughs> well, you know, I think first it was the rumors about me being nominated to be president of the SBC. Yeah. And of course, you know, that that wasn't going to work and wasn't going to happen because of um, some technical rules there in the SBC that wouldn't, wouldn't uh, allow it. Um, and then after that, there was a nomination to be president of the, the pastors conference, the SBC pastors conference, um, and you know, a nomination, which I've said, I'm uh, willing to accept. Um, and, and because of those two things, um, there are a lot of people running around with their hair on fire, um, <laughs> you know, and, and, you know, a whole bunch of stir, um, and then, of course, now my name has been associated with you, as oh, as no. you finally agreed oh, no. to accept the nomination for president of the Southern Baptist Convention, and so now the idea of the two of us, um, yeah, being involved <laughs> in that way, um, yeah, I, I I think somewhere um, there are there are people um, you know in little situation rooms. Trying to trying to figure out uh, what to do. Um, so I think that that's what all the fuss is about. Yeah,
0: yeah I think you're right. I, I mentioned Vodi uh, just before we started recording that uh, somebody sent me a, a, a notice from social media of a woman who uh, said, "Don't be fooled. Tom Askell is just as bad as Vodi Balkum." That's that's oh, rude no. to both of you. That's what an insult. So, yeah. It's been
1: it's been fun to see over the past several years uh, your friendship, um, and you've become quite the dynamic duo, the two of you together, um, and I'm interested to hear how this kind of began. Where did you guys first meet, and how did you guys uh, come together in ministry the way that you are today?
0: Hmm. I don't remember. I think we, it was over email, I think, uh, we first probably had contact. I remember you were getting 1689 Confessions, and you kept ordering
1: more, and I Thinking, man, yeah. who is this guy? You know, why is he like the sixteen eighty nine so much? I like him. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, uh, you can order more sixteen eighty nine confessions as well. Yes, 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 yes.
0: Yeah, because you, you um, were no. in Houston at that time, I think, weren't you, voting?
2: Yes. Yeah, I think we. I think we had uh, planted or were about to plant GFBC, um at that time, or it may have even been before that. Because we planted GFPC in two thousand and six, mm. um, so it, it, it may have even been earlier that that we were yeah. communicating um, by by email, um, and, and then of course, you know, I would speak at homeschool conferences mm-hmm. and would take the you know the 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 booklets, oh, truth and grace um, memory books. Yeah, the that's Truth right. and Grace memory book. So I was ordering a ton of those. That's right. That's and, right. and then you guys came. I don't think anybody was ordering as many as I was was ordering. <laughs> You're right. You're um, right. You know, to take to take to you know homeschool conferences and encourage um, homeschoolers to to get involved in, in catechism and scripture memory and things like that. And so that's how we initially uh, began to communicate with one another. And then I think we met in person when I preached at the the state convention or the state evangelism conference for florida i'm not sure which one mm-hmm. um but yeah it, it was it was it was back then you know in our in our shared sbc days that's right uh, which that's re- right which really seems ironic now you know now people are <laughs> talking like i've never been a part of the sbc (laughs) you know i've never had anything to do with the sbc i'm a johnny come lately to you know the sbc but you know decades ago Mm -hmm. you know we met when i was preaching at either the state convention for florida or the state evangelism uh, conference for florida which was very common for me Mm -hmm. um, in 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 that day, um, to be preaching at either, um, you know, state evangelism conferences or state conventions, um, around the country. Yeah.
0: Uh, It was the state convention of Florida. I don't remember what year, but it was, uh, held here in Fort Myers. And it was actually in McGregor Baptist church. That was the venue for it, which is the venue for the founders conference now and another strange (laughs) providence of God. And, uh, I recall you were preaching on the qualifications for pastors, and uh man i'm sitting there and you just you laid into i think it's verses 3 and 4 first Timothy 3 about if a man doesn't rule his own household well how can he rule the household of god yeah. and dealing with his children you know having his children uh, in subordination or subordinate to him and it was just like yeah that's what the text says yeah and uh, but afterwards people were upset People were, including some of the denominational leaders, one of whom stood up and spoke right after you and just took massive swipes at you. And and so I, I remember looking at you, I said, why don't we leave? You know, so, <laughs> so you and I walked out and I, we went and got coffee or something. But uh, anyhow, I knew instantly, I'd known before that, but I knew instantly listening to you preach, seeing the response that, yeah, yeah, we uh, we got a lot in common. I love this brother. So that was the first time that we met, but uh, we'd been together a lot and- I remember one time uh, we were in my living room here in Cape Coral, and uh, I think it was maybe focus on the family that had given you a book contract, but they were trying to change the they didn't want you to conclude a, a section on education. you remember that?: and, Yes, I do. Yeah, that was an interesting time, and uh, so anyhow then then the I think one of the uh, publishers that you had a contract with was trying to change the content of uh your chapter on education they didn't want you to talk about public education the way you did and and so you wound up pulling the book from them you didn't publish with them you remember I, I think it was focused on the family but I'm not sure
2: yeah yeah um it, that it was that issue and a, and a couple of other issues okay um yeah that that led to 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 pulling that book so yeah I've, I've been no stranger to controversy um <laughs> and and uh, even before that. Uh, a lot of people don't know this, but that that opportunity only came about because I had been blacklisted by LifeWay and Robin and Holman. Hmm. Um, yeah. I, what did you do I, to make them so mad, man? <laughs> <laughs> my, uh, my first book, uh, The Overloving Truth, was published by Robin and Holman. And then there was a Bible study by the same name, published by, by LifeWay. Um, you know, we won a tele award for the Bible study and everything's going great. It was part of a three book deal. Um, and in the midst of that, we started talking about some other things that they wanted to do, but I became aware of what I thought was unethical treatment of another author. Mm -hmm. And so I spoke up about that. And after that happened, um, my contact person, I had to go between, between, you know, um, the Lifeway side and the B&H side. Um, he spoke to the powers that be and came back to me and he told me three things. He said, number one, they said, we're cooling off our relationship with you. His name is Bill Seaver. And Bill says, number one, they said, they're cooling off your, their relationship with you. I said, oh, Bill, what does that mean? He said, I don't know. They just told me to tell you. He said, number two, they're not going to publish any more books with you. And Number three, they're not going to promote your material anymore. Mm, wow. So here I was, a first-time author with a three-book deal, and they essentially say, "We're going to end your publishing career." Um, you know, I I, I I didn't know I didn't know what to do. Um, you know, at that time, um, but I, I felt like it was important for me um, to speak up um, about what I saw and and continue to believe was unethical treatment. Um, of, of another author there, an author that had become a personal friend, Mm -hmm. um, you know, a fellow, a fellow Houstonian. I was preaching at their church at the time, um, because, you know, their pastor had retired and yeah. So
0: yeah, I was blacklisted. Wow. So what, what were they doing to this other author? Can you just give us the the, the story on that?
2: All all I'll say is that I, I, it was unethical treatment. It it was unethical treatment. Yeah, and 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 this author it was actually in the process of fixing that um, with their representation and so on and so forth. And, uh,
0: and you spoke up. Yeah,
2: so I did. Uh, I did. I, I I spoke up and um, confronted the issue and
0: now I'm got the, got the, got the hatchet. So, um, uh, yeah, I mean, people don't know this story, Vody, so. I mean, yeah. who, who was this other author that you spoke up for and took up for? It
2: was it was this little unknown person named uh, Beth Moore.
0: Beth Moore. Um,
2: yeah, yeah. It Beth was Moore. it was it was Beth Moore. All right,
0: wait a minute. What's I mean, what's a misogynist yeah. like you doing? Helping <laughs> an author like Beth it, it, Moore?
2: Exactly, exactly. And every time, you know, and I, and I haven't spoken about this. Yeah. Um, you know, I I didn't I didn't well anyway, I didn't speak about it. No,
0: you wouldn't have spoken um, about it today but, if we hadn't drawn it out of you. Cause I've known this story for years. Uh,
2: yeah. Yeah. And that's actually how I got my current literary agent. You know, I didn't have a literary agent, which is one of the reasons that this whole thing was so devastating. Mm. Um, you know, here I was, I had this, this three book deal. It wasn't a very good deal, but of course I didn't know any better. And I was a new author. Um, and here I am in the middle of it, you know. Not even in the middle of it. One out of the three books done, and so I'm 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 done for. Mm. And Beth was represented by Yates and Yates. And they found out what had happened. Mm. Um, and Curtis Yates actually flew flew to Houston um, and sat down in my living room, you know, to just have me unpack everything that occurred. Um, and he got me out of that deal, mm. and actually got me into another deal. And and they've been my literary agents ever since. Yeah.
1: So Vody, you, um, you've been involved at the Florida state convention. We've talked about that. Mm -hmm. Uh, you were, you did write a book for Lifeway and then got promptly blacklisted. Um, what has been the extent of your involvement with the SBC other than that? Because a lot of people have questions about that as you, uh, have been nominated for the pastors conference president. Yeah. Well,
2: a couple of things, you know, first of all, I'm a graduate of three Southern Baptist institutions. Um, I, I played football at Rice, but then, you know, eventually I, I um, left there and transferred to Houston Baptist university. So I spent my senior year there and I have uh, a couple of bachelor's degrees from HBU. Um, I did my MDiv at Southwestern and, and then I did my, my DMN at Southeastern. Um, so, you know, I'm, a, I'm as Baptist as it gets in terms of my education. Um, I have served on the, uh, the, well, actually I was supposed to serve as the chair of the Tellers Committee in, I think it was 2002 when it was in New Orleans. Yes, yeah. But because of all the storms that happened, I wasn't able to get there. So I wasn't able to perform- Gracie Pooh winking face no, with stuck out you know, tongue. I was face of with closed eyes. Um, as I write about in Fault Lines, um you know i was in the midst of conversations with people um especially during the conservative resurgence who were talking about the possibility of, of me um being nominated to be the first black president of the southern baptist convention um you know this of course was before i, I came out as as a calvinist mm-hmm. um and, and then you know all of that kind of disappeared um yeah, But even so, you know, stayed in the Southern Baptist Convention. We planted uh, GFBC in 2006. We planted it as an SBC church. Um, you know, so, I mean, I, I have a long history with the, the Southern Baptist Convention.
0: Yeah, and so you planted a church there in Houston. Um, that and then church. we planted churches out of that church. Yeah. That were <laughs> yeah. SBC. So, yeah, that's yeah. right. I mean, I've, I've been involved with one of those in College Station. And so it's... uh. It's fascinating to me that people would then turn on you and say, oh, he's not really Southern Baptist. You know, Johnny come lately to the uh, efforts in the convention. One of the things that's been said that's kind of funny is uh, that your nomination as president of the Pastors Conference, my nomination as president of the SBC, that this is just a power play because we couldn't stand not being in power any longer. We couldn't stand having lost power. We have to regain our power. Brother, how you been su- surviving with all that power taken away from you from the SBC?
2: Yeah, I don't know, man. You know, I was I was fired by Dwight McKissick, you know, my first uh, church staff position. I was blacklisted by LifeWay and VNH. Then I was dumped, um, you know, because of my Calvinist convictions by, you know, people in the conservative resurgence who, you know, I, I just yeah i i i don't know I, if that's if that's power i don't want to regain that
0: um, yeah yeah that's funny you know i i was a student at southwestern and uh, kind of a reluctant phd student but i became one and first year after the, the end of the first year they offered me a contract demanded i said we have to have you teach we have to have you teach systematics. so i signed this contract and uh, then about a I don't know, three weeks later, or so I get this phone call from the dean's office secretary saying, "Hey, you know that contract you signed? I said uh, just tear it up, just tear it up." <laughs> I said, what are, you, "What are you talking about?" He said, oh, no, just tear it up." I said, "Well, well help me understand this. All these arguments you used that I had to, you, know, you had to have me." No, no, no. It's it's taken it's taken care of, and took me forever to get an appointment with the dean. And uh, and anyway, that was not pleasant. Is that because they
1: figured out what federalism was in your <laughs> dissertation? <laughs> no,
0: I asked him. I said, "Is it my theology? Is it my character? Is it my scholarship? What is it?" You know, and I never got a straight answer except that, "Oh, no, no, it's just a big mass confusion." I did find out years later that two professors went to the dean and said, "You cannot do this." You cannot let this guy teach. So anyway, that happened, and then one of those professors called my pastor in Dallas where I was serving on staff and uh, told him that he had a really rotten guy uh, on his fa- on his staff at the church and that I didn't believe the Baptist faith and message and should get rid of me. And so that created a, a set in motion a series of events that wound up me having to just resign the church, you know, for the sake of the, the unity of the church and all the confusion that had been created. So I guess those were my halcyon days of power in the SBC. (laughs) (laughs) So I missed that. We need to get back to that. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my. Well, Bodie. And and, and here's the other
2: thing. Here's the other thing, right? It's ironic that people are accusing me of two things simultaneously. Number one, um, I'm not qualified or eligible Because for the last seven years, I've been serving the Lord in Africa, uh, completely outside of the the power structures, Mm -hmm. you know, of the SBC. And number two, that I'm just doing this because my goal is gaining power. So both of those things can't be true simultaneously. (laughs) If my goal in life was to gain power within the SBC, um, then my last seven years... Uh, make absolutely no sense whatsoever.
0: Yeah, you're not very smart. You know, if that's if that's really no. your goal. <laughs> well, that, one of the th- there's other things we need to talk about. One thing we ought to address right now, though, is people say, "Man, look at this. You know, Vody Bachum's a Calvinist. Tom Askel's a Calvinist. We knew it. We knew it. This is the effort of the Calvinists to take over the SBC, uh, which, in my mind, is ludicrous. Uh, there there are far more important issues in Calvinism that are uh, Assailing us right now that have to be addressed. And I've had these conversations with my non Calvinist friends in the SBC. They see it clearly. Uh, We are in complete agreement on these things. And um, I, I feel very confident in my own soul about this and talking to friends, real friends, who are not Calvinistic in the way that I am. And yet we are linking arm in arm to try to address what we see as very serious issues. Uh, brother, what would you say to people say, Oh man, this is just a power move by Calvinists to come and take over the convention. And we warned you of this and now it's happening.
2: Yeah. Again, how can these two things be true on the one hand? Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm, accused of, you know, you uh, know, Colluding with the Conservative Baptist Network to to make this happen, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and on the other hand, it's a Calvinist coup. Well, the Conservative Baptist Network is full of people who, who are who are not Calvinists, sure, right? Um, so that's a horrible way um, to 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 facilitate a, a Calvinist coup, a Calvinist takeover um, in, in the Southern Massachusetts you mentioned. And the fact of the matter is that, you know, uh, Calvinists and lesser Calvinists and anti-Calvinists have coexisted in the SBC since its inception. And I think the people who are making that argument are, are being sort of revisionists in their history. Um, they, they, because their their narrative goes something like this, you know, there's Calvinism has never been part of the SBC, mm-hmm. um, but now there's these Calvinists who have emerged in the SBC and they want to, you know, take over uh the SBC and make the SBC something that it's never been. Um, which I'm sure would absolutely shock um our our founders. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and it's uh it, The people who are making that argument and trying to make that a big issue tend to be, from my vantage point, among the more progressive wing of the SBC. Uh, those who are just looking for something that they can latch on to to uh, discredit this effort that's underway to say, you know what, we got some problems in the SBC. We need to change the direction of the SBC. And uh, it's fascinating to hear. It. I, I've had multiple conversations, one just recently, you know, back and forth messaging with an, an old nemesis theologically. You know, we, we would go at it with each other online and privately about our differences over the uh, five points of Calvinism. And uh, he's very strong and committed in his understanding and, and i consider myself that way but we were exchanging uh text back and forth and uh i said man i look forward to the day if, if god is so kind to us to help us to stop this uh progressive train this social justice uh move that has infiltrated evangelical life in the sbc i look forward to the day to buying you a cup of coffee and we can sit down and resume our old debates And and hopefully I'll be more chastened this time with some humility that uh, I've needed all along the way. And we can have those fraternal debates that are important. They're not unimportant. But right now, there are enemies at the gates from our culture that I'm afraid that many of our leaders don't recognize or if they do, uh, they're willing to become complicit with them and allowing them access that they should not have to our institutions and our churches. So, I mean, that's why I've agreed to do this. And it's interesting, you know, you and I have talked yeah. a little bit, uh, but we haven't had long hours together to talk about this. But I just sense a, a a oneness with you that, okay, we ought to try to do this. If this is what God and his providence has guided us to, then let's be willing to take our stand and try to rally God's people to say, enough we need to change the direction yeah
2: absolutely absolutely and you know another part of the irony of of all of that is you know the the calvinist boogeyman um, is a calvinist boogeyman because uh, supposedly calvinism is um you know Mm anti-evangelistic um you know uh, among other things and again the irony is just palpable um you know, I, I'm a church planter <laughs> of a church planting church yeah. <laughs> um, who who moved to Africa for missions. And the accusation is that my Calvinism um, makes one um evangelistic mm. and not committed to or concerned about missions. Um, I, I just, I don't know, man. People just. People just don't think right. um, before they they say some of the things that they that they say, um, and, and I think they're playing their hand. I think they're exposing themselves. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's obvious to you know to reasonable people um, that that these guys are, are being disingenuous. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, it, it, a great example of that we've talked about this before. Um, you know there have been some 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 hit pieces and whatever, and and I've said um, on a number of occasions, I recognize that SBC life is a full contact sport, right? Um, I get it, so I'm not whining, moaning, complaining, whatever. Um, but but it's so telling when, for example, people come after me because you know, for I made the statement that you know that child. It is not a little angel, but it's a, actually, it's a, that's a viper in a diaper, right? <laughs> Talking about total depravity. And in one of the pieces written about it, because this this thing comes up over and over again, right? My view of, 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 of children, um, which in itself is crazy, right? I, I have such a hatred for children that we have nine of them, right? <laughs> um, but in one of the pieces, they were just like appalled that I would make such a statement and then people in the audience would laugh and I'm like it was a joke It, it was a joke you people can't even take a joke and any I mean any you know honest person listening to that comes away yes that was a joke yes that was hyperbole in order to make a point you know about the doctrine of total depravity but I think when people do things like that um it, it exposes mm. their motives mm-hmm. um and so you know i, I whatever I, <laughs> I got thick skin and broad shoulders I, yeah. i'll be fine yeah um you know i don't like it when they come after my wife and my children yeah that was um, wicked that was wicked yeah i, I yeah. can't stay silent and, on and that. yeah 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 and and you know i i think the other thing that this exposes is this whole um woke ideology, right, because these woke people wink and nod at Black members of the SBC who have scandals in their churches, who are aligned theologically with, you know, positions and practices um, that are absolutely out of bounds, right? Um, you know, all of these things, and, and nobody, nobody says a word, right? Uh, because you, you can't do that, and you have, to, you have to treat those folks with kid gloves. Um, b- but if you're a conservative, if you're a Black conservative, um, if you're not woke, and God forbid, you're against wokeism, um, then you're fair game. And people can say to you and about you things that they would never say about another Black person. And ironically, I take that as a compliment because that means you see me as a man and as an equal yeah. because you're willing to come at me, right? And it's not the soft bigotry of low expectations. And I think what that does is is it, expo- it, it, it exposes the dishonesty and the hypocrisy of
0: progressivism. Yeah, I agree. All right, Graham, we need to be clear. We want to make this underscore, make it very clear, uh, let's send out a press release that Vody Balkum does not believe that children are actually rattlesnakes in diapers. Okay? <laughs> are we safe to say that? Make that clear in case there's any confusion uh going forward.
1: <laughs> and no more jokes, please. Yeah, he
0: he does have a sense of humor. <laughs> he does have a sense of humor, however. Well, uh what what do you what do you hope will uh happen in Anaheim? And uh and and just in your own words, why? Why have you been willing to let yourself be put in this position where you'll be nominated as president of the SBC?
2: Yeah, I I ask myself that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, because I think when you come to moments like this, when you come to historical moments, where you see a shift, where you see um, a downgrade, um, there is a time to shake the dust off your sandals and and walk away. And I I think we're close to that, right? But I think before you do that, you have to be willing um, Mm. to make a stand. And there are brothers who are making a stand. And I've said, you know, hey, I'm, I'm with you, I'm for you. Um, and then when it came to me, um, if I'm honest, and if I really believe that this stand needs to be taken, um, and if I'm encouraged and asked and, um, you know, nominated, um, what, what kind of man would I be if I looked at that and said, no? Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, I, I am willing um, to take this stand, and um, I'm honored that that people. And it's interesting. There are people from from all walks of the SBC um, who who've asked to nominate me for for various things, um, and I, I'm humbled by that, and, and I'm, I'm I'm honored. Um, and so yeah, that, that's that's why I'm willing. I. I believe in the Southern Baptist Convention. Uh, I've invested uh, a lot of my life and a lot of blood, sweat, and tears in the Southern Baptist Convention. Um, I am not and have not been a political animal, um, but that's not the only way that one can love and serve the SBC. Um, you know, And again, when it came time for my first publishing contract, who did I sign with? I signed with Lifeway. I signed with B and H, right? Um, because the SBC was, was my home. Um, so anyway, I, that that's why, uh, that's why I'm willing.
1: Yeah, Tom. Let me turn the same question to you. Um, why is it that you see the SBC as uh, being so important that you would take perhaps the kind of abuse that you have or will take going into this?
0: Yeah, well, that's a good question. And uh, first of all, I can say that I've been taking abuse for a long time, so it doesn't bother me um, much. And, and you know, when it gets to the family issues, and that's happened some, you know, somebody said that Tom Askell regards his daughters as property, you know, I mean, that kind of stuff is just wicked. But, again, I consider the source and not too undone by that. Um, but the SBC matters. I mean, it matters. It's the largest Protestant nomination in North America. And what happens in the SBC has uh, impact way beyond the SBC. We educate one third of all the seminary students in the United States. Uh, We are training, that means, those ministers for the future. You know, long after I'm dead, there will be people who are serving in churches in the United States who are trained at Southern Baptist seminaries. We have the largest missionary organization in the world. And um, there's been a lot of good that's been done through our institutions and agencies. And I. (laughs) It's like a, a rising tide raises all ships. And I think the SBC has a tremendous opportunity to help see that tide rise in right ways. And, man, the, the world is going nuts. I mean, our American culture, you have to be deaf, dumb, and blind to think that everything's good right now. Uh, you, you, you've got parents going to school board meetings and screaming their heads off because of the things that their kids are being subjected to in classrooms that they see and recognize by common grace to be wicked. And it's that same ideology, that same secularism, that same paganism that is coming into the churches now more subtly on many fronts. And you have church leaders saying, oh, yes, you know, in order to be nice, in order to be well-respected, in order to be thought of in a way that we can have evangelistic opportunity, we can't speak out against these things the way that moms in Loudoun County, uh, Virginia, are speaking out with their strongest voice. I see that and I think we've been manipulated a lot of our leaders have just been manipulated maybe other things are going on i'll leave motives to god but the reality is we cannot sit by and let these things continue we've got to stand up and say this is wrong this is wrong and there needs to be repentance for letting this happen the leaders who have let this happen need to repent and if they're not willing to repent they just need to go they need to step down you know they can do something else in god's kingdom but i have to believe i have you're going to have to convince me with irrefutable evidence that the majority of the members and pastors of our 48,000 to 50,000 Southern Baptist churches are okay with these secular pagan ideologies. I just don't believe it. I don't believe it. And part of the difficulty we've had in our uh, annual meetings is getting even a half of those pastors and churches to show up. And most of them are small. The uh, typical Southern Baptist church has less than 75 people as members. And so they don't have money to send folks out to Anaheim, for example. I mean, it's, it's a sacrifice to do that, but they've been faithfully supporting missions through the SBC. They've been faithfully cooperating as they can. And now these things are happening that will impact them and their children and their children's children and my children and my children's children. And, um, Again, we've been talking about this a long time. I've been trying to address it, and as the tables were turned on me by friends I know and love and trust and said, well, okay, why won't you do this? <laughs> and, uh, you know, Vody, uh, he initially we were was being asked about uh, president of the SBC, and when it was determined he couldn't do it. Uh, he, he's a world uh, champion jiu-jitsu Uh, guy too. And so he jujitsu'd me and, uh, (laughs) yeah. So, but I, you know, listening to the guys talk and praying seriously about it, fasting, talking to my wife and our church, our elders, um, it just became evident. Okay. God's put you in this position. So steward it well, do your best. Uh, I'm a pastor. I don't pretend to be anything other than that. Don't want to be anything other than that. Don't have any political ambitions in the SBC but for uh, where we are right now, I'm willing to do whatever I can. And if this is the best use of my time and energies, then uh, I'll submit to that and give it my very best. So that's why I'm in this. And, you know, we'll, the tide needs to turn. It needs to start. And the starting point's always hardest. And if God would be pleased to do that in Anaheim this year, then I will praise him, thank him, and try to uh, do whatever I can to be uh, an instrument for righteousness and usefulness in his hands in whatever position that he sees fit to put me in or to keep me from.
1: Mm. I think the the Southern Baptist Convention would be blessed by the Lord uh, if he were to give us the leadership of both of you men. Um, but also, we have to remember that it's not that's not the end. It's a victory, but it's not the end. It's just the beginning.
0: Yeah, that's right. And the only way it happens, I mean, God's going to have to do it, obviously. Vody, if you get elected the pastor of the president's conference if i get elected pastor of the sbc or if either one of those things happen it will be an act of god for that to happen in anaheim california it will be an act of god and if it doesn't happen that'll be an act of god too and that's Mm -hmm. fine you know we're not going to take our toys and go home calvinist is showing (laughs) my confidence (laughs) in the word of god you know i mean he's god and that's good but we we need to steward uh what he is doing and what he would call us to be and do but let me just say to my fellow Southern Baptists, this doesn't happen. Change will not happen if you're not willing to pay the price to show up at a business meeting two days a year. It just, there's no other way, humanly speaking, because of the polity of the SBC. You have to get to Anaheim. You have to elect a president who has these concerns that you share so that the tide or the, the, the ship can begin to be turned. And Vody's um, possibility of leading the 2023 Pastors Conference as its president, Bodes very well mm. for not just the SBC but beyond. I mean, when you talk about uh, expositional preachers and you come up with a short list, Vody's name is on that list every time. Every time, God's gifted Vodi and he has used those gifts well, stewarded them well. And who else would you want to be a president of a pastors' conference where pastors gather to be encouraged by the Word of God, other than a man who's given his life to expositional preaching? So, you got my vote, brother. Man,
2: I appreciate it. Um, I, you know, we'll we we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens in Anaheim. It's interesting being a, an LA boy, you know, for yeah. one reason, Los Angeles and going back, um, you know, to my old stomping grounds to 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 be a part of this, you know, historic moment. It's it's uh, I don't know. it's it, it's it's humbling. It's surreal. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm I mean I, I'm with you, brother. Um, Uh, I look forward to seeing what the Lord does and um, am glad to offer um, all that uh, I am and all that I have to be of whatever use I can. Mm -hmm. Um, And should the Lord say the same, um, this this would be
0: a story. Amen. So let's ride all the way to Anaheim, do whatever God would call us to do, be joyful, cheerful, hopeful, uh, courageous in the midst of it, and trust the results to him. Well, man, thanks for uh, joining us on the Sword in the Trial today. Pray for the Southern Baptist Convention. Pray for Vody, and appreciate your prayers for me as well. Uh, And whatever God would do that we might honor him in all of our efforts. So thanks for being with us today.